Chapter 15 of 25 Sermons on the Holy Land. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Chad Horner from Ballyclare in County Antrim, Northern Ireland. 25 Sermons on the Holy Land by Thomas D. Witt Talmish. Chapter 15 I went up to Jerusalem. I went up to Jerusalem. Galatians chapter 1 verse 18. My second day in the Holy Land. We are in Joppa. It is six o'clock in the morning, but we must start early, for by night we are to be in Jerusalem, and that city is forty-one miles away. We may take camel, or house, or carriage, as today will be our last opportunity in Palestine for taking the wheel. We chose that. The horses with harness tasseled and jingling are hitched and with the dragoman in coat of many colours seated in front we start on a road which unveils within twelve hours enough to think of for all time and all eternity farewell mediterranean with such a blue as no one but the divine chemist could mix and such a fire of morning glow as only the divine illuminator could kindle Hail, mountains of Ephraim and Judah, whose ramparts of rock we shall mount in a few hours, for modern engineers can make a road anywhere, and without piling ossa upon Pelion, those giants can scale the heavens. We start out of the city amid barricades of cactus on either side, not cacti in boxes two or three feet high, but cactus higher than the top of the carriage a plant that has more swords for defence considering the amount of beauty it can exhibit than anything created we passed out amid about four hundred gardens seven or eight acres to the garden from which at the right seasons are plucked oranges lemons figs olives citron and pomegranates and which hold up their censers of perfume before the lord in perpetual praise we meet great processions of camels loaded with keys of oil and with fruits and some wealthy mohammedan with four wives three too many the camel is a proud mysterious solemn ancient ungainly majestic and ridiculous shape stalking out of the past the driver with his whip taps the camel with the foreleg and he kneels to take you as a rider but when he rises hold fast or you will fall off backward as he puts his four feet in standing posture and then you will fall off in front as his back legs take their place but the inhabitants are used to his ways although i find the riders often dismount and walk as though to rest themselves better stand out of the path of the camel he stops for nothing and seems not to look down and in the street i saw a child by the stroke of a camel's front foot hurled seven or eight feet along the ground here we meet people with faces and arms and hand tattooed and in all lands sailors tattoo their arms with some favourite ship or admired face it was to this habit of tattooing among the orientals that god refers in a figure when he says of his church i have graven thee on the palms of my hands many of these regions are naturally sandy but by irrigation they are made fruitful and as in this irrigation the brooks and rivers are turned this way and that to water the gardens or farms so the bible says the king's heart is in the hands of the lord and he turneth it as the rivers of water are turned whithersoever he will 
as we passed out and on we find about eight hundred acres belonging to the universal israelitish alliance montefiore the israelitish centenarian and philanthropist and rothschild the banker and others of the large-hearted have paid the passage to palestine for many of the israelites and set apart lands for their culture and it is only a beginning of the fulfilment of divine prophecy when these people shall take possession of the holy land the road from Joppa to jerusalem and all the lands leading to nazareth and galilee we saw lined with processions of jews going to the sacred places either on holy pilgrimage or as settlers all the fingers of providence nowadays are pointing toward that resumption of palestine by the israelites i do not take it that the prospered israelites of other lands are to go there they would be foolish to leave their prosperities in our american cities where they are among our best citizens and cross two seas to begin life over again in a strange land but the outrages heaped upon them in russia and the insults offered them in germany will soon quadruple and centuple the procession of israelites from russia to palestine faculties for getting there will be multiplied not only in the railroad from Joppa to jerusalem to which i referred last sabbath as being built but permission for a road from damascus to the bay of acre as has been obtained and that of course will soon connect with Joppa and make one great ocean shore railroad so the road from jerusalem to Joppa, from Joppa to damascus will soon bring all the holy land within a few hours of connection jewish colonization societies in england and russia are gathering money for the transportation of the israelites to palestine and for the purchase for them of lands and farming implements and so many desire to go that it is decided by lot as to which families shall go first they were god's chosen people at the first and he has promised to bring them back to their home and there is no power in one thousand or five thousand years to make god forget his promises those who have prospered in other lands will do well to stay where they are but let the israelites who are depreciated and attacked and persecuted turn their faces towards the rising sun of their deliverance god will gather in that distant land those of that race who have been maltreated and he will blast with the lightnings of his omnipotence those lands on either side of the atlantic which have been the instruments of annoyance and harm to that jewish race to which belonged abraham and david and joshua and baron hirch and montefiore and paul the apostle and mary the virgin and jesus christ the lord on the way across the plain of sharon we meet many veiled women it is not respectable for them to go unveiled and it is a veil that is so hung as to make them hideous a man may not even see the face of his wife until after betrothal or engagement of marriage hence the awful mistakes and the unhappy homes for god has made the face an index of character and honesty or dishonesty usually is demonstrated in the features i do not see what god made a fair face for if it were not to be looked at but here come the crowds of disfigured women down the road on their way to Joppa, bundles of sticks for firewood on their heads they started at three o'clock in the morning to get the fuel they staggered under the burdens whipped and beaten will some of them be if their bundle of sticks is too small all that is required for divorcement is for a man to say to his wife be off i don't want you any more woman a slave in all lands except those in which the gospel of christ makes her a queen and yet in christian countries there are women posing as sceptics and men with family deriding 
the only religion that makes sacred and honourable the names of wife mother daughter and sister what is that town of ramla birthplace residence and tomb of samuel the glorious prophet nearby is the town of forty martyrs so called because that number of disciples perished there for christ's sake but if towers had been built for all those who in the time of war as in time of peace have fallen on this road during the ages past you might almost walk on turrets from joppa to jerusalem now we pass guard houses which are castles of chopped straw and mud where at night and partly through the day armed men dwell and keep the bandits of travellers in the caves of these mountains dwell men to whom massacre would be high play and a purse with a few pennies would be compensation enough for the struggle that the savage might have with the wayfarer there is only one other defence that amounts to such in these lands and that is the law of hospitality if you can get an arab to eat with you if only one mouthful you are sure of his protection and that has been so from age to age the lord's supper was built on that custom a special friendship after partaking food together to that custom walter scott refers in his immortal talisman where saladin with one stroke of the sword strikes a head from an enemy who stands in saladin's tent with a cup in his hand and before he has time to put it to his lip and does it so suddenly that the body of his enemy beheaded stands for a moment after the beheading with the cup still in his right hand after the cup had been sipped it would have been impossible according to the laws of oriental hospitality to give the fatal blow the only lands where it is safe to travel unarmed are christian lands human life is more highly valued and personal rights are better respected and i am glad to believe that in our country from the atlantic ocean to the pacific ocean there is not a place today where a man is not safer without a pistol than with one but all through our journeys in palestine we required firearms while the only weapon i had on my person was a new testament we went through the region where i said to the dragoman david are ye armed and he said yes and i said are those fifteen or twenty muleteers or baggagemen and attendants armed and he said yes and i felt safer on we roll through the plain of sharon here grew the rose after which christ was named rose of sharon celebrated in all christendom and throughout all ages there has been controversy as to what flower it was some say it was a marshmallow that thrives here and some claim this honour for the narcissus and some for the blue iris and some for the scarlet anemone for you must know that this plain of sharon is a rolling ocean of colour when the spring breezes move across it but leaving the botanists in controversy as to what it is i would take the most aromatic and beautiful of them all and twist them into a garden for the name which is above every name yonder a little to the north as we move on is the plain of ono the bible mentions it again and again the village standing on this plain of ono is a mud village the great basins of rock attach the rains for the people of more importance in olden time than in modern time was this plain of ono but as the dragoman announced it and in the bible i read of it i was reminded of the vast multitude of people who now dwell in the plain of ono they are by their nervous constitution or by their lack of faith in god always in the negative will you help to build a church oh no will you start out in some new christian enterprise oh no do you think the world is getting any better oh 
no they lie down in the path of all good movements sanitary social political and religious they harness their horses with no traces to pull ahead but only breaching straps to hold back for all christian work i would not give for a thousand of them the price of a clipped ten cent pence they are in the plain of oh no may the lord multiply the numbers of those who when anything good is undertaken are found to live in the plain of oh yes will you support this new charity oh yes do you think that this victim of evil habit can be reformed oh yes are you willing to do anything whether obscure or resounding for he farewell of the church and the salvation of a ruined world oh yes but i am sorry to say that the most populous plain in all the earth to-day is the plain of oh no here now we come where stood the fields into which samson fired the foxes the foxes are no rarity in this land i counted at one time twenty or thirty of them in one group and the cry all along the line was foxes look out look at the foxes and at night they sometimes bark until all attempts to sleep are an absurdity those i saw and heard in palestine might have been descendants of the very foxes that samson employed for an appalling incendiarism the wealth of that land was in the harvests and it was harvest time and the straw was dry three hundred foxes are caught and tied in couples by some wire or incombustible cord which the flames cannot divide the firebrands are fastened to those couples of foxes and the affrighted creatures are let loose and run every weather among the harvests and in the awful blaze down go the corn shocks and the vineyards and the olives and all through the valleys and over the hills and among the villages is heard the cry of fire and in the burnt pathway walk hunger and want and desolation all this for spite and some theologians learn one thing and some another but i learn from it that a great man may sometimes stoop to a very mean piece of business and that if men would use as much ingenuity in trying to bless as they do in trying to destroy the world all the way down would have been in better condition yet the fire of the foxes kindled that night in palestine was not gone out but has leaped the seas and the sly foxes the human foxes are now still running every weather kindling political fires fires of religious controversy fires of hate world-wide fires and whole harvests of righteousness perished it took the hard work of multitudes on all those plains in palestine for months and months to rear the vine and raise the corn but it took only three hundred worthless foxes one night to blaze all into ashes brace up your nerves now that you may look while i point them out yonder is kurzjath jerim where the ark of god stayed until david took it to jerusalem yonder john the baptist was born yonder is emmaus where christ walked with the disciples at eventide here are men plying only one handle to the plough showing the accuracy of christ's illusion when we plough in america or england there are only two hands on two handles but in palestine only one handle and so christ uses the singular saying no man having put his hand to the plough and looking back is fit for the kingdom the ox is urged on by a wooden stick pointed with sharp iron and the ox knows enough not to kick for he would only hurt himself instead of breaking the goad and the bible refers to that when it says to saul it is hard for thee to kick against the goads here is the valley of ajalon 
famous for joshua's pursuit of the five kings and the lunar arrest and the imagination i see the moon in daytime halt who has not sometimes seen the moon dispute the throne with the sun but when the king of day and the queen of night who never before joshua's time nor since then stopped a moment in their march halted at joshua's command it was a scene enough to make the universe shiver moon stand thou still in the valley of asgelon at another time we will see the sun stop above gibeon but now we have only to do with the moon and you must remember that it was more of an orb than it is now it is a burnt-out world now a dead world now an extinct world now a corpse laid out in state in the heavens waiting for the judgment day to bury it but on the day of which i speak the moon was probably a living world yet it halted at the wave of joshua's finger stand thou still do not budge an inch until joshua finishes those five kings who are there tumbling over the rocks sword of man slashing them hailstones out of the sky pelting them and there is the cavern of makeda where they fled for safety and where they were afterwards locked in and from which they were taken out to be slain and in which they were afterwards buried and you do well to examine that cavern for within a few hours it became three things which no other cave ever was fortress prison sepulchre now we passed the place where once lived one of the greatest robbers of the century abu gosh by name from this point you see he could look over all the surrounding country and long before the travellers came up to him the plan for the taking of their money or their life or both was consummated he one day found a company of monks who would not pay and he smothered them to death in a hot oven in his last days he lived here like an oriental prince and had his attendants and admirers to whom he told the stories of brigandage and assassination so late as when our eminent and beloved american william c prime passed through abigosh the scoundrelly bedouin sat at his doorway smoking his pipe his descendants live in this village and probably are no more honest than their distinguished ancestor but marauding and murder are not as safe a business now as when all this route to jerusalem was subject to outrages pandemonic here we passed the village of latrin the home of the penitent thief the village a few straggling houses on steep hills rising from the valley of Ajalon. up these steep hills in his earlier days the thief had carried the spoils of arson and burglary and down them he had borne the heavier burden of a guilty heart but higher than these hills he mounted after he had repented from the transfixed posture on the cross to the bosom of a forgiving god now we come to the brook of elah from which little david took the smooth stones with which he prostrated goliath there is a bridge spanning the ravine but at the season we crossed there is not a drop of water in the brook he went down into the ravine and walked amid pebbles that had been washed smooth very smooth by the rush of the waters through all the ages there is where david armed himself he walked around and picked up five of these polished pebbles he got them off just the right size he prepared himself for five volleys so that if the giant escapes the first he will not escape the whole five the topography of the place so corresponds with the bible story that i could see the memorable fight go on 
It is the only fight I ever did watch. Pugilism I abhor. But there were two champions, the one God appointed, the other Satan appointed, and deciding the destiny of a nation, the destiny of a world. It was a marathon, an Arbella, a Waterloo, a Plenheim, a Sedan, concentered into two right arms. Here are two ridges of mountains, five hundred feet high, the Palestines on one ridge, the Israelites on the other ridge. The fight is in the valley between, at that season shaded, the sweet with terebinth and acacia david the champion for the israelites goliath the champion for the philistines david undersized and almost effeminate only a mouthful for goliath who was nearly ten feet high they advanced to meet each other but the bible says that david made the first step forward nearer and nearer they come but i do not think david will wait until he comes within reach of goliath's sword for that would be fatal and david has a weapon with which he can fight a long range closer and closer they come but david advances the more rapidly come to me said the giant and i will give thy flesh unto the fowls of the air and to the beasts of the field you see goliath going to give david for a banquet to the vulture and jackal he the mountain of flesh will fall over on that little hillock i hear him laugh through the mouthpiece of his helmet he will toast a little with it on the top of his long sword he will call all the crows for a breakfast come to me you contemptible little fellow and i will make quick work with you the idea that a five-footer should dare to come out against a ten-footer let the two armies looking down from the ridges watch me david responded i come to thee in the name of the lord of hosts aha that is the right kind of battle shout in the name of the lord of hosts how that cry rings through the weary is stumped he who fights in that spirit wins the day the almost dwarfed israelite enlarges into omnipotent proportions the moment to strike has come david takes his sling with a stone in it and whirls it round and round his head until he has put the weapon into sufficient momentum and then taking sure aim hurls it the giant throws it up throws up his hands and reels back the falls the stone sank into his forehead that was the only available point of attack but how about the helmet of his head did the stone that david flung crush through his helmet no an old rabbi says he thinks that when goliath scoffed at david the giant so suddenly and contemptuously jerked up his head that the helmet fell off that is like enough david saw the bare forehead a foot high and aimed at the centre of it and the skull cracked and broke in like an eggshell and the ground shook as this great oak of a military chieftain struck it you who's ah for david but we must hasten on for the danger now is that night will be upon us before we reach jerusalem oh we must see it before sundown we are climbing the hills which are terraced with olive groves uplands rising above uplands until we come to an immensity of barrenness grey rocks above grey rocks where neither tree nor leaf nor bush nor grass blade can grow the horses stumble and slip and pull till it seems the harness must break solemnity and awe take possession of us though a vivacious party and during part of the day jocularity had reigned now no one spoke a word except to say to the dragon dragoman tell us when you get the first glimpse of the city 
I never had such high expectation of seeing any place as of seeing Jerusalem. I think my feelings may have been slightly akin to that of the Christian, just about to enter the heavenly Jerusalem. My idea of the earthly Jerusalem were bewildering. Had I not seen pictures of it? Oh, yes, but they only increased the bewilderment. They were taken from a variety of standpoints. If thirty artists attempt to sketch Brooklyn or New York or London or Jerusalem, they will plant their cameras at different places and take as many different pictures. But in a few minutes I shall see the sacred city with my own eyes. Over another shoulder off the hill we go, and nothing in sight but rocks and mountains and awful glutches between them which make the head swim if you look down. On and up, on and up, until the lathered and smoking horses are reined in, and the dragoman rises in front and points eastward, crying, Jerusalem! It was mightier than an electric shock. We all rose. There it lay, the prize of nations, the terminus of famous pilgrimages, the object of Roman and crusading wars, and for it Assyrians had fought, the Egyptians had fought, and the world had fought, the place which the Queen of Sheba visited, the Richard Cure de Leon had conquered. Home of Solomon, home of Ezekiel, home of Jeremiah, home of Isaiah, home of Saladin, Mount Zion of David's heartbreak, the Mount Moriah, where the sacrifices smoked, Mount of Olives, where Jesus preached, and Gethsemane, where he agonized, and Golgotha, where he died, and the Holy Sepulchre, where he was buried. O oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, greatest city on earth, and type of the city celestial. After I have been ten thousand years in heaven, the memory of that first view from the rocks on the afternoon of December the second will be as vivid as now. An Arab on a horse that was like a whirlwind, bitted and saddled and spurred its mane and flanks, jet as the night, and there are no such horsemen as Arab horsemen have come far out to meet us and invite us to his hotel inside the gates. But arrangements had been made for us to stay at a hotel outside the gates. In the dusk of evening we halted in front of the place and entered, but I said, No, thank you for your courteous reception, but I must sleep tonight inside the gates of Jerusalem. I would rather have the poorest place inside the gates than the best place outside. So we remounted our coach and moved on amid a clamour of voices, and between camels grunting with great beams and timbers on their backs, brought in for building purposes for it is amazing how much a camel can carry until we came to what is called the Joppa gate of jerusalem it is about forty feet wide twenty feet deep and sixty feet high there is a sharp turn just after you have entered so planned as to make the entrance of armed enemies the more difficult on the structure of these gates the safety of jerusalem dependent and all the bible writers used them for illustrations within five minutes walk of the gate we entered david wrote enter into thy gates with thanksgiving lift up your heads o ye gates the lord loveth the gates of zion open to me the gates of righteousness and isaiah wrote go through go through the gates and the captive of patmos wrote the city hath twelve gates having passed the gate we went on through the narrow streets dimly lighted and passed to our halting place and sat down by the window from which we would see mount zion and said here we are at last in the capital of the whole world and thoughts of the past and the future rushed through my soul in quick succession and i thought of that old hymn sung by so many ascending spirits jerusalem my happy home 
name ever dear to me when shall my labours have an end in joy and peace in thee when shall these eyes thy heaven built walls and pearly gates behold thy bulwarks with salvation strong and streets of shining gold and so with our hearts full of gratitude to god for journeying mercies all the way from Joppa to jerusalem and with the bright anticipation of our entrance into the shining gate of the heavenly city when earthly journeys are over my second day in palestine is ended end of chapter fifteen recording by chad horner from ballyclare in county Antrim, northern ireland